It's time for Career Stories with Launch. I'm your host, James Enzer. Each month, I interview Cone Health leaders across the system to learn about the career paths they have taken. Whether you are just starting your career or are a number of years into your career, we can all learn from someone else's story. Career Stories with Launch is all about sharing, learning, and growing together. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to Career Stories with Launch. Our guest today is Doug McMillan. Doug is the Director of IT Technical Operations here at Cone Health. Thank you for joining us today, Doug. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your role? Yeah, uh, as you said, Director of IT Technical Operations. So uh, as it stands, we've got about 55 FTEs that kind of report up through me, uh, various team members, so uh, mostly around the ITS infrastructure, network, telecom, uh, some of the epic technical pieces, integration, service management, uh, and a lot of our enterprise uh, administrators like server admins and database administrators. That's a lot. Yeah, a little bit. So what brought you to Code Health? Uh, so a little bit of happenstance, uh, but uh, my sister is uh, Katie Walker, uh, and uh, she had been working here at Cone for uh, quite a while already. She had actually come over through Annie Penn, and I was working up at Moorhead Memorial in Eden mm-hmm. uh, as just a regular IT analyst, and she saw an opening that came open and kind of referred me to it and started looking. So I actually came over as a technical analyst working for uh, nursing as a system administrator. So have you always been in healthcare? Uh, no, actually. Uh, so when I first came out of college, uh, my degree was in uh, computer science. So I was actually a software programmer here in uh, Greensboro for about a year or so, uh, and then transferred over to Moorhead uh, as an IT analyst. So did you ever picture yourself in healthcare originally, or did you just kind of? No, just I actually just fell into that one. It, it was an interesting uh, twist, but uh, very welcome after you know after I kind of got into the role for a while. Uh, lots of technology challenges and changes always going on in healthcare. Mm-hmm. So I know you spoke a little bit about your first position at Cone, mm-hmm. but can you just talk a little bit more about that and then your successive moves after that? Yeah, sure. Uh, so yes, I, I was a technical analyst for nursing and uh, about 11 years ago. Uh, most people remember some of the core nursing systems at the time were VisiQ, our electronic ICU uh, premise, which was our old bed management system. Hillrom, which is our nurse call, and OptiLink for nurse scheduling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was the technical analyst for those. Uh, I stayed in that role for a couple of years, uh, and as Epic started to pick up and gain momentum, they started hiring new positions. And at that time, I transferred over to the Epic technical team to be the core cache database administrator for Epic. Uh, so uh, I built most of our uh, Epic infrastructure kind of or, uh, during the first go lives, you know, through 2011 through 2012. Uh, uh, just basically going through that whole project, building out. Uh, most people don't know we have about 22, 23 environments for Epic. Wow. Uh, it's actually not just CHL production, which mm-hmm. people see. Uh, so a lot of the pre work on that uh, and stayed in that role for a couple of years and just got moved up. A little bit, uh, you know, up the, ch- up the ladder a little bit. So I went and became a team lead for Epic, so I was still very focused on Epic. Uh, after that, I became a systems manager. And at that point, that's where I started bur- branching out into multiple teams. Uh, so I had the Epic Technical, Citrix, Security and Access Management, uh, ServiceNow, and Integrated Testing. Okay, wow. So with all of those moves, were you thinking about it ahead of time, you know, what's next, or did it kind of just not fall on your plate, so to speak, but you know, just present itself? 
a little bit of both. Uh, so in my head, I've, I guess, coming out of the Marines and everything, I always kind of had a little bit of affinity to be a little bit of a, towards a leadership role. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, most of the time uh, throughout my uh, military, I was either a team lead or something like that. Uh, so I felt very comfortable with that, and, I, uh, and it just, I guess, by nature of being uh, military background, I kind of just step out and kind of take over and say, oh, I got that, and don't worry about it, and I just right. kind of step up. So it's a little bit of natural tendency. Uh, and then also just asking, you know, so I, I always feel like as we sat down, and again, this was obviously before iCompass days, but as I sat down with my manager and my leads, I would always say, well, what's next? Mm -hmm. What's next? You know, and, and the reason is because I wanted to pre-plan. I mean, uh, I, th I think it's on the end, you know, on your your leader as well as you to make sure that you're planning for your future. Right. Uh, so I, I wanted to make sure if there was something I wasn't doing right or I need to do better, mm -hmm. tell me have that because uh, I know that those sometimes are hard conversations, but they don't bother me. Mm -hmm. So I'm fine with someone telling me I need to work on something. Just be honest and let's let's work on it. Uh, so is that where you have found the most self-development by speaking with your one-up? Yes, yes. And, and, and the good news is along the way, you know, had some really good mentors uh, so that yeah, I could reach out to internal and external. Mm -hmm. That I could just, you know, ask questions, kind of get their feedback. Uh, and uh, Jeff Lawson, who's my uh, the CTO and CISO now, uh, I've worked with Jeff now at two different organizations. So oh, okay. I have that background. We worked at Moorhead Memorial in Eden. Uh, together, he was the director there while I was an uh, analyst. Um, so just being able to, to have a frank conversation to say where what's my you know strong suits and what's not my strong suits mm -hmm. and, and how do I help uh, and, and and just making sure that you plan accordingly because that to me is the whole thing is if you have a plan you're probably going to succeed if you're not planning you're probably not going to do anything. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, you mentioned leadership and you also men mentioned mentorship. So I'm curious, how did you find a mentor, or did a mentor find you? So I, what I will say is I, I, I definitely count Jeff Lawson as one of my mentors, and that one more of us, it was, a, it, again, part of the reporting relationship, so he kind of found me, because, mm -hmm. and that's not something I went out to. Uh, for outside, external stuff, it's really just starting with some of those networking conversations, building some relationships, asking, trying to find someone who's not directly maybe at the exact position you are, but maybe to a position that you're looking to go to. And then you start just having those conversations with them, trying to build that relationship. And then over time, if you if you get to feel comfortable and you feel like there's things you can share, you can ask them questions. Mm -hmm. uh, so just building those out. Uh, but again, uh, and, and, and what I'll admit is, while I think networking and kind of building that relationship is huge, for your, your success as not even just a leader, but just as an individual employee. I struggle with that one. That's one of my weakest suits. So I, I actually, I'm a, I'm a huge introvert. Uh, so I have to kind of force myself into kind of w walking out and talking to people. Mm -hmm. uh, so I do struggle with that, but it's one of those things is you just kind of got to get over it and just go do it. Absolutely, and I think that's great insight because we hear all the time, find a mentor, you know, pick their brain, but it's like, how, how do I go how? about doing that? So um, that, that's great. What skills have you needed to obtain where you've gotten so far? And what skills do you wish you had before you started in this position or maybe a prior position? Right, uh, so kind of just going right back to one of the things I just said, relationship management and networking are, are absolutely huge uh, from an IT perspective, uh, customer service. Uh, 
and it, and again, is we have to think of that from two different, or actually three, or maybe even four different sides. You, we've got, and especially in healthcare, we've got the patients, we have mm -hmm. the patient families, we've got IT because IT is is my customer, all right. Because a lot of the people who need services are in IT, and they ask me, mm -hmm. and then also just regular end users that know they're going to have employees. Uh, so you really have to look at it from the whole picture, and sometimes the the needs between those four different diverse groups are completely different. So you're all over the place. Yes, there. Yeah, and, and, and it makes sense, uh, but you, you, you definitely have to know how to handle individual people because sometimes it is a struggle, and, and we get it, especially in healthcare where there's a lot of emotion and things can be really high, you, you definitely want to come in with the right attitude and make mm -hmm. sure that you're handling it. Uh, project management, I mean, that I feel like that's, it feels like we always have 200, 300 projects in the queue, uh, and and that's you know, and that's not a bad thing. I think uh, the more projects we do, the more benefit that the uh, Cone Health actually gets out of IT services. Um, just a, a wide, diverse uh, spectrum of technology skills. Uh, um, one of the things is I, I don't think I'm an expert in anything in my field, but there, I know a little bit about a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's helped me over my career to be able to move from team to team and kind of understand the difference. Uh, so it, it's just a wide, wide skill set. Um, accountability. Uh, <laughs> uh, in, in our world where there are a million projects running all the time, when you, when you make a, a commitment, you got to stand up. Mm -hmm. and. Unfortunately, I'd love to say that IT never takes or breaks anything, but we know that we do. Uh, so when you do break something, own it, fix it, communicate it, and get it get it back on the right path. Uh, change management. Uh, again, back to that whole process and project list that we've got going on. Change is hard. Uh, so being able to understand why people are resistant to change and try to help craft the the message and craft the, the the methodology for what you're trying to roll this out to get it done in an, an effective time uh, because uh, you know if you think about things that we're trying to roll out and I'll, I'll use one which is a large project that we did here multi-factor authentication mm -hmm. so we when we started 22,000 people had remote access that's a large amount of people right uh, so we immediately was like okay how do we do this and so you start narrowing the scope and we got it down to about 10,000 oh my goodness wow uh, because people weren't using it mm -hmm. and again that was just based off of process uh, so we kind of cleaned that up but then you've really got to work with 10,000 people to get them enrolled over a very short period of time uh, so it's one of those things is the more that I, I recognize and again is some people took it very hard. It, they felt like it was an intrusion and we were just interrupting the workflows. Um, but if you could actually get up in front of a group or that person and say, let me tell you why. Yeah, educate. Yeah, it's like, mm -hmm. I, I know you understand what's going on, but let me tell you why it's going on mm -hmm. and give them the background and kind of just have a dialogue. Then people started to feel, okay, I understand. And then they'd start to you know, help at least work with you to say, okay, well, this is what I need to make that happen. And then you kind of build that into your process. But it, it is a time, and a, a time, uh, I will say a time burner. Uh, I think I spent, uh, I was working, you know, like 60 hours a week trying, trying wow. to get it done. Mm -hmm. uh, because it came on the end of something like a large phishing attack. <laughs> so, you know, we had to get it out, but mm -hmm. you, you have to put that time in and just walk through the whole process and help. That's a huge uh, endeavor. It is, it is. And communications, I mean, as I said, I mean, communications, 
Uh, and again, it's because I'm an introvert. It, I'm, I, I do not count myself as a good communicator. I try to do the best I can. Uh, but uh, what I will say is one of our typical IT problems with communication is, is our jargon. Uh, you know, on a daily basis, we're, we're using acronyms, we're using all these things. So it's very hard to unplug yourself from that and then put yourself back into the end users. You respect about what they know. Right, because the communication is not for me. Mm -hmm. it, it's to help the end user and try to, you know, drive and say, here's, here's the impact, here's what's going on. So you have to constantly, and we have a good working relationship now with a marketing department to help us okay. with those communications because mm -hmm. we realize we're not good at it. <laughs> uh, and we, we need the help and we need someone telling us about, oh, well, you know, if you just, you know, frame your message this way, it'll make a different impact. Um, uh, but to your point is, what do I wish I had up front? Again, communication and relationship management. Just, uh, it, I don't think I started early enough in my career. Uh, I wish I would have known more about that kind of up front. I was, mm -hmm. uh, I, and I admit is, you know, I wasn't thinking so far down the road uh, for the first couple of years. So I spent a lot of time just really sitting down doing my day-to-day -day tasks, just thinking, okay, what can I do to finish my day and then go home? Oh, well, um, we're always learning, yes. so, you know, you never stop doing that. You know, you mentioned a lot of really broad skills that I think can apply in a lot of different roles. One of the questions that I have for you is, how much of the, how many of those skills were taught versus you just learned them mm -hmm. by doing the work and having that experience? So, uh, I, it's hard to put a, percentage to it, but I, definitely some of them are you just have to get the experience. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one of the reasons why I know right now uh, ITS and me and Jeff have had conversations with some of the local colleges around here to start talking about internships because the, the sooner you get in and the sooner, the sooner that they get the experience behind them, they'll see what's going on. Uh, but yeah, it, it, a lot of it is just on the job, kind of going through uh, you know, trying to start out, uh, you know, on a smaller project and kind of seeing how that goes to move to a larger project and you can see same concepts, just a grander scale mm -hmm. and, and trying to nail down on those. Uh, however, you know, most of the con uh, conferences or anything like that we do for, to, from an IT perspective, a lot of these topics are still covered mm -hmm. to try to help you further and say, okay, this is what we're seeing the industry do around change management. Uh, and, and what we actually try to do is take those concepts and then put them back into some of our ser service management platform. So ServiceNow is one of IT's, uh, or the main ITS service management tool. So we try to build processes and procedures into that system to help us kind of walk through those processes, make sure that things are done in the appropriate okay, fashion. Okay, a good too. resource to yes. use. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about education and, and higher education. Um, so. You went to UNCG and you studied computer science, mm -hmm. and you and I spoke, and, and you're currently getting your MBA. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, you had your bachelor's and you mm -hmm. said, okay, now, now I need something more or I want something more. What was that process like for you? Yeah. So, uh, and again, this comes through the mentor. So uh, Jeff Lawson had uh, spoke to me, and you know, just trying to plan because again, as I'm, I'm only 41. Mm -hmm. uh, while that's, I guess I am getting up there. It's not that far out there. I still have a good 20 some years until I retire and, and where do I want to go? Uh, so I'd hate to think that education would ever be the one thing that holds me back. Uh, 
so as we're sitting down, he was like, well, you know, if you, if you start looking at these different programs, uh, he had just uh, actually uh, taken his MBA as well. And he's okay. like, you know, that's a great program. Have you looked at it? And I was like, no, no, no I haven't. Mm -hmm. Um, so then we st you know, started looking back and kind of going through and I was like, okay, uh, you know, I think this is something that would meet because again, as I have uh, at least now uh, been promoted up to a level of like IT leadership and this would not just help me as far as IT, it actually helps me interface with other leaders in the organization Absolutely. because we're doing a lot of the same diff you know, things, mm -hmm. uh, handling our call centers, perfect time. And th again, the MBA program was still focused around leadership. Uh, so it's always not just the business, it's, you know, understanding, you know, uh, le leadership uh, fundamentals and things like that. Which you can apply anywhere. Exactly, exactly. So I, I, I felt like that was just an easy one, and I'll be honest, uh, what really sealed the deal for me, uh, and I always try to tell people about this now, uh, I am a veteran, uh, Pfeiffer gives a 40% discount to veterans, and that just... That's wonderful. Yeah, and I was like, that, that sealed the deal right mm -hmm. there. I was like, there's nothing holding me back, I need to go do this and get it over. Uh, so definitely started up, and I think I'm the, I just started my third semester. So uh, things are going well. So uh, unfortunately, I think I still have until December of 2020. So I've got a long ways left. Well, <laughs> it might sound like a long yeah, way, but I bet it'll fly by. Yeah. I'm, well, it is going quick. So that's mm -hmm. it. And what I find is uh, uh, doing some of the old things I did in the military, which is you, you know it's an eight-week course or whatever it is. You know that you get it and you just start counting down. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh no. Sunday's around, that's that's one week down. Uh, okay, I got two more left. Uh, mm -hmm. And you just start counting. Uh, but uh, the classes, what I would say is, uh, each class I found at least one little golden nugget that you can immediately come back and say, oh, if I did that differently here, that would, you know, that would impact my job today. And I think that's the power of, you know, being a full-time employee and being a part-time student right. is, you can learn something that night and apply it the next, the next day, day and yep. start working through it. Yeah, and, 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 and I'd say there's a good mix for the classes that I've been in where it's people who are, you know, haven't been out in the workforce yet. They're going mm -hmm. straight through school mixed with people who are already in the workforce. And, and funny enough, Cone employees as well. So there's, uh, I'd say, three or four that I've ran through on my uh, classes that are from mm -hmm. Cone. So, uh, you know, we email each other. And, you know, That's hey, helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we can, you know, share ideas and mm -hmm. comments. Uh, but yeah, it, it's been a great program so far. Now I know your sister has her MHA. Yes, she does. So, did you kind of use her to pick her brain about, hey, should I should I go for the MHA, or were you just dead set on the I, MBA? I was I was kind of set, uh, and, and, and I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. I think you, you kind of have to make that determination for yourself. Um, again, as as an IT employee, there are, and I hate to say I don't ever think about leaving Cone, but. I have the ability to be in IT leadership and not be in healthcare as well. So that's kind of, I was like, it's more generalized mm -hmm. for me. I think if someone who's coming f through nursing and they're going to be doing these things, I think it makes a little more sense to be an MHA. Uh, but for some of the other people, it's like MBA is kind of a little more generic. Right. Yeah. If you have really deep roots in right. healthcare, then that, that'll sway yep. your decision one right. way or the other. What has been one of the biggest challenges you have personally faced here at Cone? Uh, as I mentioned, change management. Uh, what I would say is I think right now is unfortunately, or fortunately, uh, depends on the perspective, but uh, a lot of the things that we're touching are, are very broad-based systems. I mean, the network, mm -hmm. our servers. Uh, we have to be very careful and it's very difficult sometimes to know true impact 
to a change. Uh, and Colon Health is a very large and very complex organization. Uh, and I don't think anyone really has that full understanding of, well, if I made this change over here, this is it. Yeah, it's not going to impact. Right. Mm -hmm. it, it, there, we really are an integrated system across the board. Mm -hmm. uh, so that is a very difficult thing, and we try to ask all the right questions, but I mean, unfortunately, we just fail sometimes, and that's where I said is that accountability, being able to step up and say, I'm, you know, hey, I messed up, mm -hmm. uh, and learn from that mistake. Make sure that you document that mistake, and make sure everybody else <laughs> learns from your mistake. Uh, but uh, I feel like with our just culture and where we're, I think we're we're set up to be able to make a mistake. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and and we have change management practices in IT also to make us feel better. So it's not like, for example, if I wanted to make a change to one server, uh, and I, it I have to take it to a board, uh, a change advisory board who is reviewing those changes to look for best practices and making sure that you've communicated to make sure that you've tested it. So you don't feel like you're out there on your own and you made a mistake to where you're going to be left out, you know, to dry. It's, mm -hmm. hey, we're here with you. And it's kind of got, you know, back to our brand promise. So everyone in that board takes a responsibility. Hey, we asked, we tried to ask the right question. So if if one person really makes a mistake, it's we all made a mistake. Mm -hmm. It's you're not by yourself. Right. I mean, those sound like really big challenges, mm -hmm. but I think the important thing that, that you mentioned is that in every single scenario you've learned or others have learned from it. And, yes. and I think that's what, yes. what's the most important. So let's flip the question. Sure. What has been the, the proudest moment of your career so far? It, two, two main projects, as I mentioned, that multi-factor authentication. Uh, that was one project that was, I was very happy to be on. Uh, it, large undertaking, lots of people very complex and and we made you know there are bumps in the road but we we definitely got it done and it it, it truly did impact it's and cone health's overarching cybersecurity stance i know some people might not understand mm -hmm. the true ramifications of that but it really did impact it uh, uh, for example phishing is our number one attack service today uh, so we get phishing emails multiples every single day mm -hmm. well now instead of me having to waste hours of time to know did you click that link or did you not click that link the answer is it's not as important because if somebody tried to take your username and password remotely MFA would prompt them and mm -hmm. they couldn't get in so it, it it helps us not because we spent a lot of time kind of in, in, in investigation mode so that was one of them the other one is is the epic go lives I mean we spent you know 12 to 18 months really building out this completely new environment build you know building on a completely separate infrastructure uh, and, and actually funny enough from an IT perspective we were behind this meaning we there was investment investments we didn't make along the way so we had some aged architecture so it spawned multiple different sub projects to even get it done okay uh, so we had this overarching you know change across the board all the networks all the data centers and then get all that data from all these, you know, multiple systems. We're trying to consolidate 12 systems into one uh, to watch how many people put so much time into that and then go live. And I'll be honest, we were we were scared. We, mm -hmm. we, we did not know how it was going to go. Uh, and then to walk in and it really go well. And, and again, I, th I think the organization uh, helped us. Uh, I know that I saw some executive leaders walk through during those times, giving us, you know, 
encouragement saying, you know, hey, no, y'all, this is great. Y'all done a great job. I mean, that's that one I would say probably tops the MFA one, uh -huh. uh, but the MFA one's up there as well. Well, it's good that you have the support, and it, it really sounds like that epic project was, you know, almost like a fixer-upper where until you knock down the wall, you don't, you don't know what's no, coming. No, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it was a, it's, it's been a journey. That's what I'll say is, you know, we're looking at, what is it, 2012, so about seven, a little, yeah, seven years as of February. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's been that long. Say, I bet that's hard to believe. It is, uh, but, and I mean, I think it's, there's so much more though, and, I, and that's, that's where I get excited is to know how much is really going to change. You know, Epic changed our environment, you know, dramatically. There's a lot coming from an IT perspective that is also going to change. Uh, and it's not just because of IT, it's also because of healthcare. There's mm -hmm. just such a dynamic uh, uh, industry that we're living in today that it, so many things are going to be changing. So let's talk about those changes. Where do you see some opportunities, you know, either at Cone Health or just healthcare in general um, that might be coming within the next few years? Yep. So happy, and I, I think this actually went out in, the, in the, this month's uh, uh, ITS Matters newsletter. Uh, so uh, the IT leadership just uh, have recently set our IT strategy. Uh, so on the heels of that, you'll start seeing some IT roadmaps and everything. And I believe ELT, uh, uh, Ben Patel, the new CIO, uh, met with ELT, presented the strategy, and everybody's on board. Uh, so now, you know, looking at what's in that strategy and how it's going to change healthcare, from at least from my perspective, uh, one of the big ones, which you'll start hearing about um, because we're targeted for some uh, June to August timeframes. Uh, so as much is Epic changed our environment? We're we're going to dramatically change Epic right now. So okay. we are un, underway to move our disaster recovery environment for Epic to the cloud. So we will be the first health system to do this with Microsoft and Epic. Really? Yes. Wow. Uh, so if, if we if we make our go live in August, we'll be the first ones to do this with their with their tool sets. There is one organization that is running in the cloud today, but they did it without Epic's tools. Mm -hmm. So we're the first ones to kind of step out with Epic's tools and Microsoft and move to Azure. That's a big uh, deal. It is, and it's it, we're set to save multi million dollars over you know uh, ten years. Uh, we're we're estimating about a million dollars a year. Wow. Um, because of how much hardware that we have to spend up for that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, again, things that you're just going to hear, the, the I, typical IT buzzwords, you know, AI and all that, you know, so, right. yeah, and, and it's real, it's, it really is real, it's just, right now it's trying to uh, make sure that we are architecting our systems in such a way that we can manage it effectively. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you'll hear us start using the words platform a lot more. So instead of rolling out, you know, five little points solutions, let's look for something that's a little bit larger that can handle multiple use cases. Okay. And the reason is because it simplifies our environment and mm -hmm. makes us still move faster. Uh, so, you know, again, those are the ones that, you know, from uh, our strategy really hit my teams very hard and I look forward to seeing where we're going. Sounds like a lot of change, but a lot of good change. Great change, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I was... The, the strategy work, what I'll tell you, is uh, we spent a lot of time going over this, talking about what ifs and throwing mm -hmm. things out there, and uh, I feel like we really did encompass it, the possibilities that are out there, and now let's just saying, tell us which ones are the most valuable from a business perspective so that we can develop that roadmap to actually make these happen. Uh, and I know that's our next step is to kind of start sitting down and 
put these onto a timeline and say, mm -hmm. okay, great, this, there, here we go. There's a large bucket of work in front of every one of us. Let's sequence this in, so that it's valuable to the business. That's awesome. Yep. Looking forward to that. So now we're going to move into our lightning round of sure. questions. These are just <laughs> quick, easy, to the point. What's something that would surprise people about your day-to-day? Uh, I actually don't sit at a computer that much. <laughs> I spend most of my time in meetings, so not at a computer. What is one book that you would recommend to aspiring leaders? Mm, book. So I, I'm not a huge book fan, but what I'll say is, uh, as I, from an IT perspective, there's a handful of podcasts uh, because I spend an hour on the road mm -hmm. uh, every day driving back and forth to my house. Uh, so I do a lot of podcasts. I've got a CTO podcast and a CIO podcast. It just, again, that's above my level, but at least I hear things from an industry perspective that are kind of getting and kind of push to make sure that, oh, if that comes around to me, I'm, I'm ready to take that on. Mm -hmm. Final question. What is the best advice you received that you would like to pass on to others? Yep. So, uh, and this one is, is more of around preparation and it's a l things that I've heard and then kind of I put my spin on to spin on top of it. Um, your growth will not come in your comfort zone. Mm, like so that. don't be scared. Step out, step up. Mm -hmm. Well, Doug, it's been a pleasure getting to speak with you and hear about your career story. For those listening to this interview, if you have any questions for Doug, feel free to reach out to him at the email address in the comments below. Thanks again, Doug. All right, thank you.